The Common Good Forum Welcoming Remarks by Patricia Duff, Founder of the Common Good, Congresswoman Carolyn Maloney, U.S. Congress, New York, and Mike Espy, former U.S. Secretary of Agriculture. Session convened by Anna Cabrera, CNN anchor. Good morning to all of you, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed on this Monday morning. Thank you for waking up and getting at it early today to be part of this, this forum, this discussion, and this group of great, inspiring people. I'm Ana Cabrera. I'm the weekend evening anchor for CNN. It is truly a pleasure to be in such great company this morning. I am honored to be here with the common good for a day of provocative discussions on a wide range of issues that are important to every American. The Common Good has assembled a terrific lineup of speakers today with a very forward-looking agenda anticipating the issues we need to talk about that are important to us. I have to say, though, this forum is about much more than just getting together policy experts and scholars at a time when hyper-partisanship and deep divisions have paralyzed much of our legislative machinery, our body politic, and at times fractured our society, events like these, civil society organizations like the common good, are more crucial than ever. They play an essential role in keeping the best of our American institutions and traditions alive, free speech, healthy debate, to maintain our civil liberties, encouraging personal and collective responsibility of our society. So let me introduce the person who founded The Common Good. Please welcome Miss Patricia Duff. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And John Harwood, who's going to um, fill in for us for the uh, afternoon part of this morning <laughs> session. Um, we're so excited to, to have such an amazing group of speakers and such an incredible audience, actually. Um, I want to thank all the speakers and the participants for being here and for taking the time out of their busy schedules uh, with, with their, to provide their insights and their expertise. We could not be more grateful. Um, I just want to quickly acknowledge a few people who you will see um, over the course of coming in. We, they should be acknowledged. Um, former Secretary of Homeland Security Jay Johnson will be here. Congressman Carolyn Maloney, our Congresswoman, is here. <laughs> Congressman Charlie Dent will be here, uh, Michelle Page Patterson, our former First Lady of New York. We're going to have Fred Hochberg in our audience, a former chairman of the Export-Import Bank. Um, um, former Ambassador Donald Blinken and his wife Vera will be here. Rick Allen, the former Deputy Assistant to President Clinton, who helped create AmeriCorps, will be here in a little while. Um, he uh, is recently published a book about Robert F. Kennedy, so we're happy to have him. Um, Kay Koplovitz, one of our um, honorary board members along with Jay Johnson who founded the USA Network and, um, and is helping launch many other uh, important women's um, uh, uh, startups, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial startups is also here today. And um, you'll see some of our past speakers, Frank Luntz, who's incredible, and Naomi Wolf, um, one of the finest minds in our country, I think. Um, and we're very honored to have members of the press. Yes, we must protect our press as they protect us. Um, we'll see Sir Harold Evans of Reuters, um, Richard Cohen of the Washington Post, and Roger Cohen of the New York Times, among others. Um, 
So I want to thank our staff, Jeremy, Yaz, Jeannie, Britton Taylor. You guys have really, um, really done a great job. And thank you to all of our advisory board members. You know who you are. Um, there are many of them are in this room. Uh, you've just helped over the course of the years in so many different ways. Thank you. Um, this is only our fourth annual forum. So I'm, I'm very proud of, of what we've been able to do here. Uh, we're so fortunate to assemble speakers and participants with tremendous expertise, knowledge, and especially for our leaders and activists, the courage that they have to speak out is, is really something. We've been honored to have many amazing people, and we have some of them here today. So as our awardee Fareed Zakari would say, let's get started. Um, rapid change is our new normal, and change always brings a certain amount of dislocation, disruption, and discontent. In some ways, our country is reeling from it. Even though the stock market is up, the economy is perking, and unemployment is about as low as it can get. And that's why we've uh, called the, the theme for this year order and disorder in the U.S. and around the globe. Challenges are emerging from abroad and from within. We need to acknowledge what has worked, what is working, and what needs to be changed. We need to stay vigilant for the signs are ominous. Yes, our democracy is under attack not just here, but every, all over the world. The clouds over democracy are perhaps our greatest concern. History teaches us that democracies are fragile things, ongoing experiments. Civility and decency can too easily be found at the bottom of a slippery slope. How did one of the most cultured and sophisticated democracies turn into a murdering machine? Why did every experiment in democracy before ours perish? You should think about that. There has always been what we refer to today as citizen activism, but not like there is today. Of course, Spartacus led a revolt of slaves in ancient Rome, even though he was not a citizen, but he still inspires the fight for freedom. In America, our own forefathers bravely confronted power. The abolitionists were not mere historical figures. They were role models. We've had suffragettes march for the vote, workers organized for decent wages, better working conditions, and now the young people of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School to show older generations what we seem to have forgotten, how to make a difference. And we're so thrilled to have David Hogg here today. Citizen activism as we know it actually is relatively new. Citizen activists have ousted dozens of authoritarian regimes across Latin America, Eastern Europe, and Central Asia. They have removed dictators in the Philippines and Indonesia. They ended apartheid in South Africa and brought down oppressive governments in Tunisia, Egypt, and Libya. But when the activists rest, the authoritarians come back. The lesson always is vigilance. Underlying what may seem to be faceless mobs in protest can be the citizens who will change the world. And we are really proud to have some of those courageous leaders with today, like David Hogg and Carrie Kennedy. Please enjoy meeting our special awardees and extraordinary speakers. Our efforts and the events we hold are all made possible because of you. And we cannot thank you enough for supporting the common good. And now I would like to give the floor to my good friend and our Congresswoman, Carolyn Maloney.
First of all, I want to thank all of you for coming and supporting the common good, and I want to thank my very good friend, the founder, uh, Patricia Duff of the uh, Common Good, for inviting me, and she invited me specifically to talk briefly about uh, the Equal Rights Amendment and the Women's Museum on the Mall, which is a way to gain that, that, uh, that goal that has uh, actually sounds like common sense. I think everybody would say, of course I'm for equality, but it's been the hardest thing to move in Congress since I've been there. I, I went to Congress with a list of 10 things. I've passed all of them except the ERA. It just shows you how hard it is. I even built the Second Avenue subway. Have you been on it? That was one of my goals. Uh, that, that, uh, that's the best subway in the whole world right now. And, uh, you know, $8 billion for health care for 9-11. Uh, the, the credit card bill of rights, uh, which uh, researchers say save uh, you, the consumer, over $12 billion a year, as in B, uh, by cutting down on unfair, deceptive, anti-competitive uh, practices and, and credit card fees. But I can't move the ERA or even a women's museum. Uh, very, very briefly, um, I spend a lot of my time in Congress just trying to hold on to what we've already accomplished in Title VII and Title IX. And if we had the Equal Rights Amendment, uh, a bedrock uh, uh, in our Constitution, we'd be able to enforce equal pay for equal work because it'd be part of the law of our land and enforceable. Um, I can't move it. I was walking around the, the mall one day, and I was looking at all the museums. And if you walk around the mall, we have a museum for everything that is part of our country. We have it for law and order. We have it for space. We have it for textiles. We have it for stamps. So I'm looking, I'm saying, where are the women? The women are nowhere on the mall. So I said, this is easy. Republicans and Democrats can agree that half the population should be part of the American story on the mall. So I put in a bill 16 years ago, and I'm still working on it. We did pass a commission that was bipartisan. They came, came back and said, of course it should be on the mall. It should be part of the Smithsonian. It should have federal funding. We're all for it. So I now have 256 co-sponsors in, in the House and the Senate. Over 60 are Republicans, and I'm trying to push it through in this last uh, days before we go into the midterms, uh, which we are thinking we may have a blue wave with Mike Espy and others here who can get elected to the United States uh, Senate and, and Congress and, and help uh, have a check on, on, on the executive. In any event, uh, the bill is there, and we're trying to pass it. It's long past due. Uh, tell me or Patricia any of your ideas and be part of putting women on the mall. Let me tell you, you cannot empower women or anyone. You cannot empower someone without recognizing them. And there is no museum. When I started, I thought they're just not on the mall. There's no museum that I can find in the United States or the world that is dedicated to the achievements uh, in all areas for, uh, for women. Since the revolution, women have played a, a major role in helping, helping this country. Uh, it's almost scandalous. It's astonishing when you think about it. And it seems like something that should have happened long ago. It's non-controversial. And I hope you'll join uh, uh, Patricia and others in, in helping me pass this statement that women are important. You'll say, oh, I've been to the Women's Museum in upstate New York, Seneca Falls, for the women's rights movement. But I'd say we have sliver museums that are dedicated to a small aspect of a society. 
uh, but an important one. Like in Oklahoma, they have a museum for Annie Oakley. They have a museum on, in LA for women of the West, but not one that uni universally uh, looks at the contributions in, in a Smithsonian in-depth way. Uh, it's long past due. I hope you'll help us pass it. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I know you've got important issues uh, on opioids, national security, uh, you name it. We're going to be discussing it today. But we should have some thought also to empowering half our population and recognizing their substantial contributions to our country. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for those remarks, Congressman Maloney, and uh, the Women's Museum. That's definitely something on my hit list this summer. Looking forward to checking that out. I would now like to introduce and welcome Secretary of Agriculture under President Bill Clinton and current Mississippi Senate candidate Mike Espy for some brief remarks. Welcome. Well, thank you to, um, to Ms. Duff and to all associated with the Common Good Forum. I'm delighted to be here. I'm Mike Espy from the state of Mississippi, where we unfortunately know a little bit too much about disorder, and uh, we are hopefully going to help to change that. And part of that change would be bringing good people forward who are progressive, principled, and thoughtful. People who understand that for the sake of the common good, we must abandon all of the approaches that we've seen recently that would tend to foster isolationism in our international relationships and in our trade treaties, in our multilateral security associations, and in our immigration policies. And then when it comes to domestic goals, uh, we want to for forge harmony out of disharmony and order out of disorder. That's the core of our belief. And the way to do that is really, you know, logical. That we've got to respect everyone, that everyone must be included regardless of race, religion, gender, age, sexual orientation and conditions of disability. So as we uh, debate here and discuss here in New York how to advance the common good, I want to respectfully remind you that it's really just that. It's the common good, not just urban centers, but also rural spaces. As the former sector of agriculture, I was privileged to serve as the mayor of rural America, where every town in America 60,000 population and below received water, sewer, home mortgages, infrastructure funds, broadband money, and of course, farm support. But these rural towns send their sons and daughters in a disproportionate way to serve in the U.S. military. And then when you look at what we're eating today, uh, the food and the livestock that we raise and grow, we also raise that also on a very disproportionate basis. And then it's a world that we're going to supply that food to that's going to double in population by 2050. So lastly, I want to suggest to all of you that perhaps more than we can appreciate, and I really would like you to pay attention to the rural states now, in particular the southern states, because our attitudes are changing. The attitudes are changing about guns. They're changing about LGBT rights. They're changing about reproductive freedoms. And as we've seen in Alabama recently, they're changing about the importance of the ballot box in advancing a well-reasoned agenda. So uh, we know a lot about disorder in Mississippi. Hopefully that's going to change. And I look forward to discussing and speaking uh, and listening to all the experts today because we all share in the responsibility to get it right. 
to build new conditions of trust based on civility, building alliances, and reaching the common ground. The only way to do that is to do that, how we can establish the common good. Thank you so much.